Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, what strange things occurred for one listener after listening to an episode of this podcast. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That it is, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, become an extra podcast person in EPP, sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Get access to uh, all of our bonus episodes, advanced episodes, and it's all commercial free. The world's largest audio archive of ghost stories is what you get ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories Tony and Carol joining you on today's episode of the program hi what's going on well it's really nice to talk to you Tony it's key because we took a little break summer break we even did. though everybody doesn't know that but us yeah yeah and then we've like been talking an hour and a half or something crazy on the like before we even got started yeah but uh, yeah, so just know I miss you when I don't get to talk to you it's, all the time. Yeah, I I kind of you know I guess I'm, we still texted and yeah. stuff, but it's not the same. I'm happy to be back. I, it was a it was a fun little getaway with me and Harper, and I shouldn't say little. It was a like we were gone for I think no, it was massive, like oh, two weeks or so. <laughs> um, but uh, it was it was really fun. We went down to Disney and uh went to uh kennedy space center and we were supposed to see a shuttle launch but it got canceled the day we were there so that kind of sucked but um but kennedy space center is amazing by itself uh then we see world uh water park and then disney so the girl was spoiled (laughs) to say the least oh and we did all those things all so all of that all those things a child uh could just you know it's the best damn thing in the world when you're that age and, and you're surrounded by those things and then uh while i'm down there uh a friend uh of of me of mine in the show uh andrea perrin um i had texted her a, a cool photo that i just kind of taken outside of the uh, the hotel it kind of looked like uh creepy clouds flying over a big triangle building it looked ghostbustery uh so i sent it over to her and uh she goes are you down here are you near orlando i said yeah i am she's like i'm right over here in this other area uh let's get together for lunch I'm like okay so we uh, had lunch uh with andrea perrin and her dad uh mr perrin and if you don't know who they are those are the folks who lived through the conjuring uh this is that family as portrayed in the conjuring and crazy yeah. and we've been friends for years now because she was one of the first guests on this show and our other show um and it's been not i'm like known her for almost 10 years now um and uh is her first time actually meeting in person uh but it was so nice because we've kind of just you know over the years developed a friendship but it was the it was the strangest lunch and one of the most interesting i mean super comfortable she's such a nice woman um but it for a moment i'm sitting there and i'm literally kind of like knuckle to knuckle on the table with the dad from the conjuring andrea's dad and he's uh, 86 years old it looks to be in really good health is super sharp and super nice looks like he's about 65 not 86 um and we just had a really you know 
good, good lunch. A lot of talking about just life and stuff and a um, little bit of the story, but not a whole lot. Harp was wanting to ask some of those questions. But by the end of it, my point of my long-winded story is, Harper, what's your favorite part of the trip? Having lunch with Andrea. <laughs> and I, I mean, thought, I'm really not surprised. And I thought, that. that's my child right there. Right. And I got to tell her that because I'm actually on her show tomorrow night. Um, not the night that this is this is airing, but as we're recording this, um, I'm going to be on her show. Um, but it's um, it was just What is her fun. show about? Is um, it ghostly? It, it's it's paranormally. It's, it's ghostly. It's otherworldly. It's um. It, I would just kind of say it. It spans the gamut of supernatural and um. Uh, that's positive thinking. That sort of stuff. And what's the name of her her show? I have to look it up. Okay, let us know because yes. I'm always looking for things to listen to. I just cannot think of it at this time because I I see it on Facebook all the time. Um. I don't want to say the wrong name of it because I'm running this through my mind. Because I got a message the other day from a gal on Facebook and I can't remember her name. A World Awakening. What's her, what was it? A World Awakening. I wanted to call it The Awakening, but I thought I was missing a word. So A World Awakening. I'm going to look that one up. Yeah. But I had to laugh. I got a message from a girl, Brianna Robinson. Mm-hmm. Brian, Brianna Robinson. And she said, I know I'm three months behind in listening to the podcast. I'm like, girl, that is impressive. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many episodes of this show. I was so highly impressed that she was three months behind. That's I'm like, great. hats off. Yeah. So it was very sweet. So I thought that was nice that she reached out and she likes my pets. But, um, but I like, that's a lot. Yeah. So if you're caught up on this one, check out her podcast. Wow. That's, uh, <laughs> gosh, <laughs> it is very impressive. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's uh, go over to our first uh, story here of the day. It says, hi, team. I'm new here. Just listened to my first episode. A very odd thing happened after finishing the episode. I cannot resist reaching out. I lost my mother in September after a nearly two-year battle with lung cancer and an unexpectedly quick decline after a stroke. We cared for her at home with the help of hospice, and while I'm so grateful we could be together as a family for her last days, it was the most difficult and traumatic thing I've ever been through. It's particularly hard given how close we were. Even though we lived about seven hours drive apart, we texted every day and talked multiple times a week and made a point to see each other at least once a month. At her funeral, I felt envious of everyone there who honestly believed she was in a better place. I did not and do not know what I believe in, and I've been actively searching for something, some sign to help me figure out what happens next, if my mom really is around me, watching over me. As such, I've turned to books, TV shows, social media, and the internet, voraciously devouring other stories of the signs they've received from their lost loved ones in hopes that it might lead me to my own sign that I'm so desperate for. That's what brought me to your podcast. After reading the description, I downloaded the Lost Friend episode, given it sounded like it contained some of these signs from the beyond. As I listened to Amber's story about finding a penny and asking her friend Lori, is that you? I was admittedly skeptical. It was a nice story for sure, and I loved how how comforted Amber felt as she continued to find a penny every day for many days ahead. I wanted to believe... It was Lori, but I felt I could not be sure. 
laughing to myself and inwardly rolling my eyes a bit. I thought to myself, maybe I'll find a penny now. About two hours after finishing the podcast, I grabbed my purse to run some errands with my dad and sister. The purse, a recent gift from my boyfriend's mother, was new. She had gifted it to me a couple months earlier for Christmas. I wrapped neatly with the tag still on it. It had only used for maybe two or three times previously. In the front, the tiny little pocket, barely enough. For a tube of chapstick, which I had stuck in the otherwise empty pocket. And the first time I had used it, a compulsive chapstick user, I'd reached into the pocket to grab the chapstick probably dozens of times. In the bag's few uses, my sister, dad, and I headed out the door that day. I reached into the tiny pocket once again to grab my chapstick, and I pulled out a penny. My body went cold and tingly, not dissimilar to the feeling Amber described when she found her pennies from Lori. I've never felt that penny in there before, and as a millennial who never carries cash, I sure as hell know it was not my penny, but I believe it was my sign. Thank you to Amber and Lori for helping bring me this comfort I've been seeking. Epilogue, the story continues after I'd written my previous submission. Flash fast forward one week later and my sister, dad, and I are meeting up at the park where my parents first meet to celebrate their 50th wedding anniversary. My dad set up a beautiful tribute to my mom with photos from their wedding and life together, complete with a champagne toast. My mom and my parents love. Guess what? My sister exclaimed as she pulled into the parking lot at the park. She found a penny in the pocket of the same sweater she had worn last week when she had the pocket and knew it was empty. Another cashless millennial, another penny appearing out of thin air, and the sweater just so happened to have belonged to my mom previously. Two days later, a rainy Monday, I received a text from my mom's best friend of 60 years. You're not going to believe this, she wrote. I found a penny on the floor in my closet. It was not there earlier or yesterday. I'm in this part of the closet every single day. She also felt the same tiny chills. This really is a closet I've felt to, uh, felt to my mom since she passed. I'd like to believe she found a way she can communicate with us and a way to send us a sign that she is still with us. We'll never know exactly what happens after we die, but I'm grateful for the chance to feel this connection regardless. What do you think of that? Oh, you know how much I love that story. You don't even have to ask. Yeah. Like it, it got me all emotional and it made me think about my own story and how I'm always finding pennies and I didn't believe it till somebody told me. And I don't know, it's a weird feeling because I have found them in the most random weird places where I'm like, okay, there shouldn't be a penny there. Mm -hmm. Like I was just sitting there and there was no penny and now I came back and there's a penny. And, but every time that happens to me, I'm like, I get, I don't know. I just, this feeling comes over me. My dad's been gone a really long time, mm -hmm. but I just feel this connection. And I always take a minute now. Like, I'm like, I take it as like, Hey, how are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm doing good. Or I'm not doing so good. Or, but I just, they've come to me at times in my life when I really, really, really needed it. Do you, and, do you pick up you know, the penny? Like, oh, I keep all of them. In okay. fact, I have a thing in my room that was his girlfriend's mm -hmm. and it's this old kind of antique jewelry case. I put them all in there. I don't know what, you know, so one day when I'm dead, someone's going to yeah. have to deal with all the pennies. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what is I'm just going to keep collecting them, but I keep every one of them that I find. That would be a great, um, like Disney movie. Okay. You, you're going to die in this plot, Carol. So beware. 
So <laughs> well, I'm so, going to anyway so eventually. It's, so it's it's Aunt Flat Carol. To you're gonna die. And 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 many years, like you're you're like super old, and uh, you you know you have uh your your, your great aunt Carol to so many kids, and and, so. and you're just you know beloved. But then, you know, you pass because you're old, and then one of the uh one of the the great uh nephews or nieces just they they love this box that has all this stuff in it and she didn't know what it was but she just loved the box or he and then they open it and it's all the pennies and they discover every time they take a penny out they can do like crazy shit that would be so me yeah like you got the crazy shit power. Yeah, like it's that, or like everything goes right, or it's like it's like make a wish type thing. Not not like make a wish, like as you're dying, make a wish, but like you know, genie in a bottle, make a wish, and it's like I want this to happen, and then it happens. And here's where it turns into the 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 comedy. Uh, you are the genie, and then you have to make all this shit happen that these kids wish for. So you're like flying around doing shit and like hacking into computers and like I don't know how to use this damn program because it's you don't like have superpowers you just have to do it as if you were alive but you're not so it's even more difficult to get shit done when you're dead but maybe I could figure out a way to get other people to do it for me because I am dead maybe like possess people right oh, so there's something there's something there this would be a great movie <laughs> I'm down. I'd write the screenplay if I only had some time. <laughs> but I tell you, every time I hear a story about someone finding pennies or somebody making that connection with someone who dies, and especially the fact that someone was listening to this show when she really needed that validation yeah, and heard somebody else's story. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because it's like, Seriously, if you're dead and you're trying to get some, you know, you're trying to get somebody's attention and like you're putting pennies in front of them and they don't notice them or whatever it is you're trying to do feathers or you're send, sending cardinals or whatever. It's like it would take somebody like and I get that feeling when like because the my boyfriend died and my dad died almost a year to the day later. So it was really, really dark time for me. And. I needed connection with both of them so badly. And uh, it was just a very, I felt alone. And it's just a really, you don't know how to be in this world. You know, like when you lost a parent, like how do you be in this world when it's someone you're really close to? Mm -hmm. It's like your compass got thrown off. And so the fact that someone would turn to a show like this and hear someone else's story like that just gets me. Yeah. I love that so yeah. much. Yeah. I do too. Like a, that just, oh. oh, I'm really happy for her. I am too. I think it'd be kind of a fun, good deed too. If you just walked around, just get like rolls of pennies and just, as you go for a walk around the city, just toss them everywhere. You know, my friend Lynn, her and I used to be neighbors and yeah. that's how we got to be friends because mm -hmm. we lived a couple houses apart and I can't remember when it was in my life. I had cancer. And so maybe it was that time because I was going through a really dark time in my life. Mm -hmm. And she knew my thing with pennies. And she knew we had the same dog walking route. And she literally put pennies out for me. That's so sweet. <laughs> right? 
Because <laughs> she just was like, I just thought, and I didn't know that for years. Really? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. And there was one time I just stopped, and I was with my dog, and I just stopped, and I looked down, and I was standing in like 10 pennies. And I'm like, what the hell? And I felt really good. I don't know if those were her pennies, but... It was a really nice thing to do. That is. Yeah. I never, I didn't, I had never heard anybody just kind of doing that like that. That's I awesome. I had either. That's really cool. But I, I think it'd be kind of a, you know, that's that, like something I would do, uh, like if I'm old and retired, as I just kind of, you know, mosey. I don't think I'll ever be old and retired, though. I'll, I'll just be old. Uh, but, you know, you kind of think you're like, oh, I'm going to take up this hobby or something. That's what I would do. I just kind of walk around places, do my thing and just drop pennies around for the hell of it. Yeah. Just all over or the like, place. You know, I know Carol walks this route. She's having a hard yeah. time. She'd like to hear from her dad. Yeah. And it's a feel She knows thing. that I associate him with my dad. And then they'll end up doing a CBS Sunday morning story on it. <laughs> That'd be awesome. It totally sounds like one of those. You yeah, know, it does. Uh, let's go to a uh, caller at uh, 855-853-4802 here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Talking slow and adding more things to this <laughs> sentence as I load the call for it to queue up. into the computer. Here we go. Hi, let's hear it. Yeah, hi. Um, I was just going to say that uh, I really enjoy uh, listening to your guys' podcast and um, I just started listening to your, your guys' podcast and just felt like I would share my experience with the paranormal. Um, anyway, so my experience happened in uh, El Paso, Texas about, I want to say about 10 years ago, 12 years ago. And uh, this experience happened at my dad's old house. The uh, house was built around 1980s in a regular suburban home. <clears throat> and so my older sister lived with my dad and uh, she would say at this place is that there was two entities. There was an older entity and this, this younger entity. And uh, she would say that this younger entity would, would mess with her and that she would be in the kitchen and this younger entity would just open all the cabinet doors and she would get really upset and super angry and that this ghost would just like go and open all the cabinet doors at the same time. And she was super annoyed about it. And uh, this older entity, she would say that she'd be in her room and she would hear like these, these heavy footsteps outside with like what sounded like these heavy metallic chains just kind of dragging behind it. And uh, she would hear like the doors opening, uh, you know, this house had an alarm system. So when a door opens, it would beep. And constantly she was there by herself and she would just hear the doors opening and closing and this alarm system beeping. Um, so my older sister, this is really important in the story with my experience around that house, and um, I'll, I'll never forget this story or this experience. Um, so my older sister, she went to go visit her mom, and she was uh, gone for about a week. We're, we're step-siblings, but I consider her my, my blood sibling. Um, anyway, so when she was gone, my dad threw a birthday party for my younger sister throughout the house, and, you know, the entire family was there and everything, and... Um, you know, I was trying to walk inside this house just because, like, I was annoyed at not being able to be inside just from the fear of just, you know, uh, this, this feeling of, like, dread and whatnot inside this home. It felt real negative. Anyway, so I want to say around 4 p.m. or, or something like that, I'm inside. I'm watching this movie, and my, and my, and my dad joins me. And it, this is when the entity decided to communicate with us. It Before it communicated, I felt like 
what was like electricity just kind of spring up from the bottom of my feet and I felt this electricity just go all the way up my back and I just felt my entire body just like clench and I closed my eyes just from the intensity of this like energy that I just felt and so right after that this entity this older entity shot at my my older sister's name and I'm going to change the name for for uh just to be anonymous but it went something like this it went And like this real deep, raspy voice. And right after that, it like, let go. I just remember letting go. And so right after that, I looked at my dad and he looked at me and he's like, dude, get out of the house. Somebody's in the house. And so I just ran towards the outside and I just kind of sit out the door. And my dad's inside just kind of checking this whole house and he's looking around. And I'm, I'm just at the door and like, man, I just experienced this. Like, this is weird. It's surreal. And so after a few minutes, my dad checking the house, he comes back and he's just pale. And he's like, dude, there's no one in the house. And so I'm just staring at him. He's staring at me. We're both kind of smirking, like, do we just hear that? And so anyway, so my dad experienced, or what he says he experienced is that he felt like he floated in the air for a bit, like he levitated. And so I have a theory about this. And uh, you know how ghost hunters say that their their equipment kind of runs out of battery? Well, um, I think that this entity used our energy to be able to communicate with us. And that was that feeling of electricity that we felt. And uh, anyway, so that's my experience with the, with the paranormal. Um, you know, this older entity missed my older sister that was gone for about a week. And it decided to communicate to us that like, hey, I miss her. Just really weird, really weird experience. Um, anyway, so just thought I'd get your thoughts on this story and uh, really enjoy the podcast. And uh, yeah, thank you for your time. Bye. Well, I think he officially gets the Real Ghost Stories Online Award for Best Demonic Voice. <laughs> <laughs> like, no kidding, because you do this show, we're quit it. Because we're both wearing headphones, so like yeah. that's really in our ears. And when he did that, I literally had to reach up and pull my headphones away from my ears. Really? I did. That really bothered me. Because it was really good. Yeah. And, and quit it. It was quick, quick, quick. So, so I like, I'm this. really into this story, though. And then when he did that, I was like, oh, like, that gave me shivers. My new ringtone. <laughs> well, then great. Be great. I'll only text you. <laughs> oh, God. Could you imagine if, like, you, you, like, you were in a bus or something, it was kind of quiet, and then all of a sudden that starts coming out of your ass? <laughs> oh, my God. And then I would do the look around like, who is it? Whose phone? Whose phone? Is your phone? That's creepy shit. <laughs> Turn that shit off. And I'd Never. <laughs> Never. I'm just going to take my headphones off and not hear anything you do. So, but it's kind of crazy because he's like, he tells a really, really creepy story. And then he's like, well, that's my paranormal story. And I'm like, damn, like that one was intense. And I think his theory about the whole electricity, like that whole thing, that kind of makes sense to me. Yeah. It, it's interesting because this is like the uh, the second or third time now in like a week or two when we're doing the show um, of people describing like a ghostly thing coming through somebody as like electric or static electric. And it's just interesting because people have described this things for years and 
it's been kind of like a little consisting trend uh, over the last handful of weeks. Uh, it, it, things like that kind of pop up and go. I wonder sometimes if, if there's a correlation, though, to like maybe terms or things that are being used on ghost shows and things of oh, that nature. Oh, yeah, that could be it. Because um, I know that, that lexicon, yeah, could be. I don't know. Just It's interesting to see how that sometimes happens. But no, I thought I thought that was a crazy story, and I think his explanation has some validity to it. I do too. <laughs> I hate you, Tony. It's just I quit. I quit. I quit. <laughs> Nobody should have to work under these circumstances. Brand new. From- it's weird that I even just called this work, but <laughs> no one should have to. Do it this. Coming soon to Blockbuster Video. Ben Stiller in the hit in the hit comedy something about <laughs> I didn't have my headphones on and I could still hear that. This wacky comedy stars Ben Stiller as he dates a satanically possessed woman. <laughs> <laughs> laugh and cry as they slowly find romance in the depths of hell. <laughs> By funny. the end, she eats him alive. <laughs> Literally. In a masochistic ceremony the whole family will enjoy. <laughs> ben Stiller. Kate Winslet. Something about... <laughs> I know it's not who's in. I know it's not Kate Winslet. It's just the name that came to and mind. And then it's the part two is what the fuck, Mary? <laughs> <laughs> like really, Mary? It's Rose <laughs> baby part baby. two. <laughs> a wacky comedy about a woman who has a child out of wedlock. That happens to be Satan. <laughs> Remade for 2019, DVD only. DVD only. <laughs> Available at Costco checkouts in select cities. <laughs> it reminds me, I saw some people at a Red Box the other day, and I'm like, what are you getting out of, like, <laughs> is there doing? actual DVDs in there that you take home and watch? <laughs> I was so, I was sitting in my car like, Really? Just walk People up to that. Just walk up to somebody and look look at I could just see you. There's somebody there pressing their button and then your head just kind of pops over their shoulder. What are you doing? <laughs> What's in the magic red box? Like why are you doing Because there's kind that? of a curtain and you seem to What is this? Is this <laughs> like, like some so... sort of pornographic booth? Outside of Walgreens? What are you doing? They have Walgreens has pornography booths. I love pornography. (laughs) I'm a little uncomfortable with it being right out here in the open. But but don't you love? I try to be with it and hip. Don't you love pornography? (laughs) Is this what the kids are doing these days? Pornography outside of Walgreens? Wow. We've come so far. And then when they show it to me, I'm like, what? What do you do with this? How is this a movie? <laughs> is this a pornography a device? Movie on this little thing? There's a, is this a <laughs> pornography device? Like what? Do, this whole how does this work? How do they clean them? <laughs> <laughs> is this like a Target? 
some of the things you kids do these days. Whatever. This would be a great, great uh, YouTube video right there. I normally just watch pornography on my computer or my cell phone. Now I can do it in front of the Walgreens. My cellular device. I love Walgreens now. <laughs> oh, 855. How much for your pornography? <laughs> A dollar? Yes, I'd like a clearly Canadian and an hour in your pornography booth. <laughs> How did we get that off track? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay, back to ghosts again. Don't play Mary either. <laughs> okay. Well, now they said that out loud. You probably had forgotten. I did. I actually did. But now it's uh, it's all right back there. Continuing on, it says I have several stories, but this is the one that made me a stronger person. I'm currently 43, and from 1987 to 1990, we lived in a house that I can only describe as a portal for all things demonic. The first time we walked through this house, I knew this was not a safe place. There was something heavy in the atmosphere. I could feel that something was constantly occurring in this home, something that we could not see until I began seeing and experiencing things that were supernatural. While living in this home, I never had one full good night's sleep. One of those nights, I was lying in bed, trying to sleep with the covers over part of my face. I began to hear children laughing and playing in the living room. I was the only child in the home except for my brother, who's seven years older than me. I kept telling myself that it was all in my head, and it was probably just something I was imagining. As I kept listening to the laughter, I began to hear a rattling in my closet. I peeked over my covers, and that's when I saw the closet open, and an incredibly old lady dressed in rags slowly crept out. I did not scream, I just watched. She looked at me as if she did not understand why, why I was there. I remember wondering why she was curious about me, as she was the one who had come out of my closet. I was the one in the right to wonder about her. This lady vanished through my bedroom door, and for whatever reason, I followed her. I looked out my door and down the hall, and there was nothing. Just the stillness of 2 a.m. No children laughing, no old lady. But then I felt a fingernail tap slowly on my left shoulder two times. What is strange is that I felt the tapping on my shoulder. I immediately visualized what can only be described as a demonic finger with a long and decrepit fingernail. I do not remember what happened after that, but I do remember that this was the first in a series of circumstances. A couple weeks later, my Uncle Richard from Kansas was visiting. At one point, I was in my room playing, and a little boy with red-collared shirt and dirty blonde hair came into my room. I said, hello, and he replied, hi, I'm Felix, your cousin. My dad is talking to your parents in the dining room. Can I play with you? I was happy to have someone to play with, but Felix did not want to play in the house. He wanted to go outside. I was adamant about going outside. I did not think much of, of it because I did not know my family was from Kansas. I did find it weird that when my mother asked me if I wanted a snack or a drink, she didn't ask Felix. Which is unlike my mother, being a dedicated school teacher to children the same ages as Felix and me. When my uncle was leaving our house, Felix followed, and I waved goodbye. Two months later, my aunt from Kansas passed away, and we traveled to Texas to the services. 
At the funeral home, there was a table with many old photos of my aunt and other family members that had passed away over the years. Among these photos was a picture of my Uncle Richard and Felix. What took me aback was that Felix was dressed the same as the day he was at my house. My uncle was much younger. The photo was dated 1970. When I pointed at the photo and asked my mother where Felix was, she simply said, Oh, poor Felix. He died hours after that picture was taken. He and his father were camping and there was a thunderstorm that caused a huge tree to fall and Felix was crushed to death. She paused and then asked, How did you know his name? I did not want to share my experience and thankfully another family member came over to talk to my mom so I did not have to answer how I knew Felix's name. I never told anyone about my experience with Felix. This is the first time the story of Felix does not end there, though. One Saturday morning, I was standing in the middle of the living room, enthralled in a Saturday morning cartoon. I began to turn to walk towards the couch, and I immediately saw the cushion of the couch slowly depress deeply down as if someone had taken a seat. No one was there. Then I saw Felix standing a few yards away, and he said, This is not a good house. Do not let them scare you. You all need to leave. I did not get scared. I walked to where the indentation and the couch was and sat in that exact spot. I waited a couple minutes, got up, looked at the couch, and there was still an unwavering indention in the cushion of the couch. I said out loud, You need to leave. I'm telling you to leave in the Lord's name. This is not your home. And the indention slowly lifted as if whatever was sitting there was getting up to leave. My parents and brother have only admitted once recently that there were many unexplained phenomena in that house. They talked about shadow figures, beds shaking, locked doors opening and closing, putrid smells, the smell of sulfur, unknown voices whispering your name, and the overwhelming feeling that you were being watched. While my parents will never admit it, I know that they decided to move because of daily occurrences. Shortly after moving out, we ran into the previous owner, Rachel. She told my parents that when she first moved in, the family who lived there before her had a daughter that was heavy into satanic rituals. Rachel confided that the daughter had painted her whole room, including the floors black, and marked it up so graphically with satanic symbols that it was costly to repair all of the damage. Turns out that it was my bedroom when we lived in that house. As I got older, I began to believe that the children I would hear in the living room in the middle of the night were not children. In fact, I do not believe they were ever human. Evil will use the comfort of children to make you feel comfortable, to draw you in. As for Felix, I honestly believe he was there to help us, to teach us in some way that fear feeds evil and that the only way out of sinister situations is through the goodness of the light. Living in that house propelled by interest in the paranormal and I do not fear the supernatural, I tend to run towards anything paranormal. It was such a profound experience that at one point I was in a paranormal group that would go at the request of people to investigate their homes, businesses, or abandoned buildings they owned. As a professor at university with a PhD, I do my best to find logical explanations and research as much as I can to find explanations to various phenomena. Sometimes there is no explanation, at least not one that can be found in this lifetime. Thoughts? 
Well, you gave that a super creepy read. Because um, <laughs> I've been listening to Dateline for the last... It was a little Keith Morrison. I uh, Yeah, I listened to podcasts of Dateline for about uh, 20 hours over the last 72 hours. So <laughs> uh, my, my brain now speaks in Keith Morrison's voice. That's okay, because I love him. Um, no, actually, because that whole story started off about a portal to hell or a portal to to demonic is some portal thing a portal and to thought, subway um, eat fresh portals. <laughs> i thought you said a porno and i went what? a porno it leads we're just to a, talking about pornos leads, and now we're back to pornos leads again to a porno yeah anyways that was just super creepy and especially like she didn't know anything about felix like oh he came with the uncle and he's leaving with the uncle mm-hmm. and that's not weird none of that was weird you know, yeah. it was weird that her mom didn't offer snacks, but, you know, well, you're a kid. Mm-hmm. And then to see, find out at a funeral that he was actually dead because he recognized him in a picture. And then when he shows back up later, it makes me think that there was some kind of protection thing that he was doing. It makes me wonder how many of my cousins are really alive. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Obviously, well, I don't see any of mine ever, yeah. so I guess they're all alive. I don't know. It's just like, like that would be that. There was a movie right there too. Someone brings up a cousin that they always saw all the time, cousin so and so or whatever. It's like no, he was here. And as an adult, you're bringing up childhood memories, and it's like, oh, is you know, is so and so coming in from college or something? What are you talking about? They died. I know so many years. Like, no, like I just talked to him last week. Like, you keep like you keep getting like messages, and you think eventually somebody's screwing with you, but then somehow you actually do meet him, and but they can't see the family. I that that could be interesting. You got all kinds of great ideas tonight. I know. I was um, enjoying myself before the show. Ah, with things that, that make you creative. All the great ideas. Yeah. And Keith Morrison voice. Yeah, it's so. all uh, ah. yeah. Uh-huh. So um it's um it, yeah. So yeah, good ideas tonight. <laughs> but I did think that was a super creepy, yeah. creepy story. But then it's I mean, obviously li- living in a creepy house and everything like that, but it's kind of I don't know if heartwarming's the right word. I do. But to know that somebody's looking out for you. Yeah. Too. No, I do too. I think that that it's there's a lot that Creepy came with those stories. And heartwarming. Really good stories tonight. Like all of them yeah. were like damn good. So thank you, everyone. And if you have a story you want to share with us, eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two. We're writing at realghoststoriesonline.com. And if you like our program, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person. Sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash realghoststories. You will get access to our bonus episodes, advanced episodes, all of its commercial free ebook, audiobook. It is all there for you. Ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. For Carol, I'm Tony. Thank you for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online.